Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S. And each week, we focus on their stories. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. All right, welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I am Navy vet Phil Briggs, a journalist and a reporter for ConnectingVets.com. And uh, today, again, we're going to dive into veterans making a difference in the world and in light of all the recent school shootings. Each and every time, they serve as an uncomfortable reminder of the world we live in today. It's gun-filled, it's angry, it's internet-connected, but yet increasingly driven apart. And I don't expect there to be an easy answer here. For any of the violence that we see almost every time we tune in, there really is no, there's no magic bullet. There's no one thing that's going to fix all this. But there are veterans out there that are trying to make the world a different place. And I'm um, going to welcome back a veteran friend of mine. has been on the show several times. I sometimes call him my unofficial producer because he's actually given me so many leads to great guests and some of his fellow combat vets. We're going to talk with Jake Edwards, a Marine combat veteran. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, his mission right now and his company, ThreatResponseTraining.com. And he's basically in the school systems and training educators and first responders on how to react to these threats. So uh, with that, let's uh, say hello to Marine veteran Jake Edwards. Jake, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. Glad to be back. Yeah, man. Always good to talk to you. We always get into it and we always uh, leave the conversation. I think we leave the listener more informed and certainly enlightened. But I want to underscore all this with uh, with hope, because that's what you give me when I see the pictures of you and the kids. Uh, before we do that real quick, let's rewind for the new listener who doesn't know you. DD214, a cliff notes. I mentioned Fallujah, but tell me a little bit about your time in the Corps. 
Yeah, so I, I joined the Marine Corps just after the Iraq War started in May 2003. And within a year of graduating boot camp, I was <clears throat> assigned to 3rd Battalion, 1st Marines as the engineer, common engineer, Sapper Platoon. There with them during the second battle of Fallujah while they were the main assault effort. I uh, got to, you know, experience the most horrible combat in the post 11 war. You know, when you walk in with a platoon of 60 some guys and, and of casualties and those killed after a few weeks walk out with under 20, that's just crazy. And when you experience that in life, it can take you a few different routes. And for me, it, it never was like I was, I'm not good. Like I'm still living in the emotions of the life, the one life I get to live. But every day is a challenge. Every day is a new opportunity. Left the Marine Corps in 2009, and I went and became a government combat skills instructor. And it was phenomenal. Did that for six years. I was actually assigned to become the lead active shooter insider threat instructor when the green on blue attacks in 2010 to 2012 were really kicking off. And I got to build one of the best active shooter insider threat programs for DOD and the military up there at Fort Dix. And that led me to where I am today. When school shootings were becoming more and more prevalent, it really made me realize I had a bigger mission to help inside our own country. Instead of helping folks inside our country go to other countries, it was how about I help folks in my country prepare for these imperfect combative moments. So now I get to work for one of the largest school districts as a supervisor of crisis management. I train the whole district. I oversee all the training and development for over 200 security staff and their state certifications. And also have my own company. A lot to unpack there. But again, what I love is, and and that we're going to hear throughout this whole episode this week, um, you know, it's about training. A lot of people go into their jobs, you know, as an educator, school resource officer, heck, even a beat cop might not be fully prepared all the time to deal with an active shooter situation. And because it resembles combat in a very narrow way, um, I'm so glad you're able to channel these life experiences and use them to create companies that are dedicated to making the world a safer place. Most sincerely, I appreciate it because it does affect our children. Uh, again, we're talking about your company, which is threatresponsetraining.com. Uh, you work with kids from K through 12. You work with educators. Uh, let's just start real quick at the beginning here. What does it look like? So the first thing is, is we're not here to redo anything that you're currently doing. We're here to help supplement and add on. We want to help people understand where they are right now today. We, we do a needs assessment first to figure out what you're currently doing. And the most important thing is how they're currently preparing for crisis situations while folks are in their environment, whether it's clients that are there or whether it's a student-based thing and staff thing where they have ed actual education going on. So having very overt uh, emergency response quick action charts posted around your building at least gives folks something that they can see consistently. The most important thing you want to do is that's appreciate that's action versus reaction. When prevention efforts fail and evil picks a time and place, your level of training is the only thing that matters now. That's what, kind of where I want to get into lead tactics here. Let's go and let's start with like elementary school age. What is it that you do that doesn't make them more scared, but helps give them the tools they may need one day? Yeah, great question. So I'll, what I remind them is, look, raise your hand if you've ever walked in the hallways without a staff member around. So I start them out kind of there where they can understand where I'm going to go. 
And then, then I say to them, okay, how many of you all have ever heard of a shark, right? Everybody raise their hands. They laugh. They're like sharks. You know? I'm like, all right, so awesome. Let's imagine that we're all in the ocean right now, hanging out close to the beach. And it's like the best day ever. And um, next thing you know, you, and I'll point to like a kid, you see a shark. What should we do? And then everyone's like, yell shark. I'm like, good. Okay. So anybody can yell shark, not just you, because you saw it. You know, you can yell it, but someone else might see it right at the same time. Anybody can yell it, not just one person, right? Now, what should we do? Should we stay in the water or should we get out? It's all about this point is one, one directional, let's get out. And I'm like, all right, sweet. We all got out. Great. Now we're all on the sand and we're safe from that shark. And then we start hanging out again, relax. And next thing you know, we realize now the shark's walking on land after us. And I like imitate it like this, like the shark's like, like wiggling on land. And they're like, that's not real. That can't happen. And I'm like, but what if? What if the shark was on land now and now we're in the gym where we are right now or we're at lunch or in the hallway and there's a land shark. Like what will we do? And they're like, they're like, they're, they're laughing. And the best thing is they're, I'm having them laugh and it's such a joke, but I'm using an animal that they all know and respect that teeth that it has and the capability that it has. And they know what I'm talking about. They know it can hurt us, but I'm, I set their mind to, to it's on land now where they know it can't swim. So now we do an escape drill or we might go hide behind something or hide behind a locked door and barricade and they love it. So the best time to do it is either while the kids are at lunch and you rotate, maybe cover the last five, 10 minutes of lunch. But that's day one. Day two, you should go in PE class and take them and put them in a common area, maybe sitting at lunch tables. So, but simulate lunch with the kids from PE in the, in the lunchroom or in the hallway or the cat or the, uh, the gymnasium and run these drills. That's day two. And then day three is working outside because uh, just what happened in the covenant school. If you look um, last week, if you look at the video of the shooter was driving around the footage, when she drove around the parking lot, she drove right by the playground where there was kids. If you look in the video, you'll see the kids swinging on the swing plane. What if she stopped her car and kicked off her attack right there? Schools do not train kids when they're outside usually, but some of the kids in the covenant school attack because the fire alarm was going off, they evacuated, uh, and the three that were killed, I heard, were, were killed because they were evacuating. The teacher then got the rest of her kids back and concealed in a room and protected them. But those three that were killed, that's how they were killed. They thought it was a fire alarm, fire drill. If you don't train for those moments of imperfect, you can't do it on day one, though, Phil. And that's why I challenge organizations. You hire us. We can also come in and do a, an assessment. We'll send out our team and we'll go out. You announce your drill like normal. Your, your active threat lockdown drill or whatever you call it, intruder drill. And we'll go set our team out and we'll observe your 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 uh, your floor plan in your hallways. And we'll give you write up an assessment, do a little after action right afterwards with your key admin leaders and then write up a formal after action about what we recommend. And then you could take that on your own. And we have no involvement after that, but just support and guidance. Or you take that information to hire us to come in and train everyone within your organization. His company, Threat Response Training, offers that training for students and staff, and he uses a system called LEAD Tactics. So LEAD is in itself is leadership, right? And the acronym itself, LEAD, so LOCK, locking with layers of protection. These middle school kids and high school kids, they love the idea of being taught to kneel instead of sit, which a lot of schools are still teaching kids to sit. 
And I'm telling you, you got to stop doing it. Teach them to kneel away from the door. You know, if you got a lot of glass, if you got a lot of glass, try to find a good place they can stay away from as well. But give them strategic options to kneel and support movement in case gunfire comes through that that wall or those windows. Or if someone breaches the door and they have to move around now. So they, they love that. That's locked. All right. So then escape is the E part. Create space. If I need to run from the common area or if I hear uh, I see a lull and an engagement, great time for escape. And now alert. Alert is valuable for the A part. Alert is so valuable where I might have a, an urban area. And I've been in a lot of urban combat. There's no, it's a very dynamic situation. That you don't know who can see what, but you yelling out, hey, don't go that way or let's go this way. That's the alert part. Also, from a application on your phone, a lot of great softwares out there for emergency response and anyone can sit there and call a lockdown or an active threat situation. And then it can go out to the entire school, maybe the entire district, depending on who is need to know for itinerant employees, for facility staff members from central office and other central office staff. And then also alert is for getting the call out. We got to call the good guy, good guys and gals with guns to come and help us out. We need the cavalry here. And then also too, the alert part for individual school radios. Because the most important thing is creating the posture response for that site and school that you're in and calling calling it out and notifying them before you call out outside for help because you need to notify those that are the immediate threats and the immediate targets and the bystanders to that incident. And then defend. every. I love this because it supports my whole, everything I do with our defensive tactics camps and all that. Everyone in our country has the right of self-defense. Now, obviously, later you will be judged on your in, on your reasoning and judgment for that defense. But if you have fear of death or grave bodily harm and you defend yourself, I'm telling you right now, do it. Do it. If you survive and have to deal with the judicial system later, guess what? Articulate you had fear of death or grave bodily harm and tell that story and survive to live another day. And when you say defend, that even gets into maybe inspiring some youth to want to take some kind of martial arts or want to get into jujitsu, maybe even high school wrestling, but like want to get involved and become their own best protector, inspiring a kid that might be on the fence about that and doesn't want to join the team sport, but he takes your training, you know, just be what he needed to open the door to, hey, you know what? I can learn to roll on some mats. I can learn a little self-defense. I am going to be a better person walking around the world, active shooter or not. I'm just going to know some self-defense. That's powerful stuff. Thanks, brother. Uh, let's talk lastly, administrator, educator level. What kind of things are you sharing with them now? We've talked a little bit about getting up out of the desk. Don't be seated, be kneeling. We've talked a little bit about establishing a good situational awareness. Know what's in your school. Know where to hide. Know where your classroom might might be optimal to hide in to avoid threats. We've talked about escaping and uh, talked about some defense issues, you know, how to maybe become a fighter. Uh, what are you teaching the educators and the administrators that they need to know when you overlay this lead tactics template onto their training? So the important thing for them is, is reminding them that they're the ones that make the call. They make the decisions. They decide, they decide the posture within the school. And so their energy and their buy-in to it is I start out with a basic question. I say, look, raise your hand if anyone can guarantee your safety. And they don't raise their hand. I've had a few people do it. And I'll say, all right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What you got? They know that question, that that question puts everyone in check and sets the standard right away with 
This is why this leadership action is so important. And then I remind them, look, I can talk about case study after case study after case study that's occurred. I, I have them memorized and I share them in, in moments. Like I talked about Jesse, I'll talk about Parkland and how some of those kids on the first floor were killed. Six of them were killed from a locked door inside their classroom by the shooter while he was on the outside because they were within the fatal funnel and, and he had, he had the advantage on him. Remember action versus reaction is a hell of a thing and it's live and well in our country. So with administrators, I, I really remind them that if you train a certain way, that's the default setting you're programming in your school and in your environment. And then I'll use analogies because sports really work in schools. I'll say, look, anyone who played basketball, anyone who plays soccer, like why are there so many drills of just passing the ball or corner kicks or, or PKs, right, penalty kicks for soccer? And then basketball, why are there so many layup drills and free throw drills? Because you need to condition it so much, so much through practice that when the game's on the line, it's like Kyle Guy, I'm a UVA fan, in the championship, and, and uh, I think it was the Final Four, he had f- three free throws in the last second to win the game, basically, and he hit all three of them. He had to train for that, though, right? You got to train so much for it that when this, the real now human stress of the, of the incident is, live, uh, is alive and well, that that new emotion of having to hit this free throw or having to make that layup, I've done it so many times that the repetition and the movement isn't what I need to master. It's the human skills of fear of death or harm. And that's being scared, I'm on, I'm on the spotlight. So when action is there and needed, we need to know the movement. So mm. it's, it's, all, it's all about mindset first, and then you blend it with skill set, and that's how our training is successful out there on this earth. That's great stuff. And I'm glad you're addressing it all the way from pre-K up through 12th grade and on the teacher and the administrator levels, because everybody takes away kind of a different vantage point from the lead tactics training. But it's important that everybody has a vantage point and has some sort of baseline so that if they're ever in a horrific situation, they won't be paralyzed with fear because they will have heard at least one or two principles that will help guide them to take some kind of action to be safe. Again, wrapping it all up, LEAD Tactics stands for? Lock, escape, alert, defend. And that's where we come in. We help you realize where you are in the present and to figure out the outcome you want for your future is possible if you accept where you are today. I know there's not one perfect solution, but I know a compliment of solutions is going to be the way we stay safe. Is there any one thing you think not enough school districts do as far as having on site to mitigate these tragedies? Is it metal detectors? Do we need more of those? Is is there one thing that you could see school systems needing more of? I mean, so this, so a lot of stuff I talk about is the prevention part. I'm also very tired. I'm sorry. A lot, a lot of my stuff I teach is, the response part, like once boom happens, so we call it right of boom. But left of boom is so important. You know, having the threat assessment teams trained and competent and also having accountability. I think the biggest part is is follow through. Follow through when it comes to if you have reports of a threat. You know, in schools, we have a different standard of search and seizure of our students. It's called reasonable suspicion. 
So it's a it's a Supreme Court standard that came out in 1985, uh, TLO versus New Jersey, where as agents of the state and school employees, we can search off regional suspicion. That means that just and when when little Phil comes off the bus and tells me that little Johnny said he has a knife in his bag, that's all we need, and we can search little Johnny. Now that's that's not probable cause like law enforcement's standard of search is. But that helps us with school code of conduct. And I think it really takes the time of pulling the weeds a little bit and figuring out, okay, raise your hand if you want to be an easy target or a hard target. And I ask that question all the time to folks, too. No one raises their hand and want to be an easy target. Well, I appreciate it. If I'm listening and I want more about lead tactics, I want to find out how I can reach threat response training and have you and, uh, you know, your educated team come in and help my school district or help my company even. Uh, where do I find out more information about you, bro? Yeah. So we're, we have a website, threatresponsetraining.com. I have a YouTube page, threat response. We also have a big defensive tactics camp here in Northern Virginia. And we have different professionals from all over the, their their industries teaching martial arts skills and defensive skills from there, hands-to-hand combat stuff, and also our defensive tactics with rifle and pistol training as well. You can find it on our website, again, at threatresponsetraining.com. That is a one-day event on Saturday, June 17th. Right on. Marine Corps veteran Jake Edwards still giving back to the community, keeping kids safe, even even at the earliest ages with examples of sharks and land sharks. Absolutely love it, man. You want more about uh, what you're doing to keep schools and to keep our kids safe, check out ThreatResponseTraining.com. Jake, always good, brother. I look forward to talking to you again soon, my man. Thanks, brother. Hey, man, again, thank you for what you're doing, and, and thanks for just letting folks share their story. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. 
two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.